0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Defend What Matters Most Radio, where you can stay informed on latest Idaho Army National Guard matters. I'm your host, Tom Westall. This is a weekly podcast, and it's an opportunity for anybody within our organization to create a dialogue and push out relevant information that you feel the rest of the state needs to hear about. It's an internal communications tool, and today's episode is specifically about this Idaho Army National Guard recruiting and retention fight. Our guest speaker is Major Jeff Draw. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fantastic, Lieutenant Westall. Thanks for having me over. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. For those who are listening, Major Draw came over from the United States Navy where he flew helicopters for a couple of years. He wanted to settle down, came to the Idaho Army National Guard, saw the light, He decided to become a warrant officer, did that for a bit. He was asked to take a commission and take control or take command of a helicopter company. After that, he was selected as an AGR for the assistant S-3 position. And recently, he was promoted as a major to become the executive officer for the recruiting and retention battalion. And that is where he currently resides now. He has a bachelor's degree in marketing from Texas A&M University. And that goes really well with what he does within recruiting and retention and being kind of the subject matter expert for the branding and marketing strategy for the state. And he's currently um, doing the public affairs officer qualification course for AOC. So needless to say, he's qualified and he's the right man for the job. Appreciate that. Sure. So we'll go ahead and just get started. Recruiting and retention is such a big deal right now. And, you know, commanders and soldiers are expected to help with this recruiting and retention effort. But... But why? You know, why is this such a big deal? And why are commanders and all soldiers expected to help? And how can they help? What is actually happening right now? So to give you an idea, I want to just talk some numbers here. I've mentioned this in the past. We all heard it at the TAG leadership event. We are losing, on average, 505 people a year. And that's, that spans over the course of 10 years. And we're recruiting, what, 100, what is it, 150, 350 per year? 350 per year. So that means that we are net, we have a net loss of 155 soldiers a on year, average. on average, Correct. a year. And those numbers span over the course of 10 years. Correct. Um, that's unbelievable. I mean, what else can we say here to put it into a different perspective? Okay, so so just to look at that, you know, looking at our 10-year historical
1: trends, that that's that's pretty incredible. Five hundred and five people, uh, five hundred and five soldiers leave every year. That's one sixth of our total in strength, the, the Idaho Army National Guard, that walk out the door every year. And we're only able to replenish on average about three hundred and fifty of those soldiers per year. That's a net loss of one hundred and fifty-five
0: soldiers per year. That's why it's so important. So that equates to if if you're a battalion commander and you lose thirty soldiers over the course of a quarter. Right. That's what, 1%? 1% of
1: the in-strength of the state
0: uh, or for the Idaho Army National Guard. So if this continues, the G- General Goodale brought this up at TAG Leadership. If this continues, what could happen if we don't turn these numbers around? Well, w- there's a great possibility that we'll lose force structure in the state of Idaho. And and that's what we don't
1: want. You know, In 2018, from, from the latest information that I've uh, been told... 2018 is kind of the the year that they're gonna you know snap the chalk line and reassess force structure organization throughout the uh, through 54 states and territories, uh, and and we need to we need to have our end strength uh, well into the 90s in order to save that force structure. Sure. That's why it's important. We want to save jobs.
0: We want to save positions. And We want to save the guard. So the, so there you have everybody that's listening. This is why it's a big deal. Here are the raw facts. We are losing soldiers. And it could potentially affect the manning in your organization, and that's not good. So this is why everybody needs to help out.
1: Here, here's another fact that I want to point out. So, uh, you know, for the full-timers out here, the technicians and the AGRs, our jobs are tied to the end strength and the force structure in the state. If we lose force structure, we lose AGR jobs and we lose uh, technician positions. So that's, that's the meat and
0: the potatoes right there. That's the important Sure, and you know it's something else and that's also an economic impact. I just recently went to the Gallon Strong website and they're talking about, you know, bringing in F35s and building up Gallon Field because Gallon Field has one is one of the largest industries for bringing in money and job security to the state of Idaho. We are the fourth largest
1: employer in the state. Fourth, and we bring in somewhere in the neighborhood of about $450 million in
0: total economic impact to the state of Idaho on a yearly basis. And I would assume, and this is just an assumption, that's going to go down if we don't turn these numbers around. That's correct. Okay, so after talking all these statistics, everyone that we're losing, I'm sure that it falls within certain tiers. Like, you know, you have people getting out before their ETS or people getting out after their ETS. People get sick or they do drugs. So what defines our retention loss. Okay. So to break it down, there are three tenets
1: of the recruiting and retention mission. Okay. We have recruiting, which is the accession portion of our mission. We have attrition. Okay. And attrition is defined by the separation of a soldier prior to achieve, prior to them achieving their ETS. Okay. And then retention management and those are individuals who choose to leave upon completion of their contract or upon completion of their ETS they just either 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 choose to reenlist uh, or they choose to leave and those are the three tenants uh, and that's how it's divided into so so roughly just to give you an idea so our 10 year attrition so those individuals leaving prior to their ETS our 10 year attrition trend as a loss of 376. Now that goes into the 505 that we talked about earlier as a total loss per year. But 376 of those um, are attrition losses. Uh, The remaining 129 on average per
0: year over the last 10 years are those individuals who choose to ETS. So let's talk about the attrition trend analysis. Okay. Of those soldiers who are getting out, let's say, before their ETS, what comprises of the most of that? What is the biggest bulk in, of reasons why soldiers are being discharged prior to their ETS?
1: Well, we, we have a couple of them. Uh, I'll, I'll, list, I'll list a few of them off. Uh, we're talking uh, basically admin separations, you know, performance issues. We have uh, AWOLs, believe it or not. Um, some UA, so positive drug UA. Um findings. We have a lot of them uh, in the attrition category, ISTs. You know, the, over the course of 10 years, you're talking 41% of those individuals who are leaving due that's, to ISTs. That's,
0: that's huge. 41%, right, of the soldiers getting out prior to their ETS is because they're moving to another state. And that's got to be because of what? Families, um, like family statuses, right, full-time employment changes, and job transfers. Correct. So, how do we fix that? Can we? Well, you know, like we were talking earlier, life happens.
1: And as people progress through life, you know, they get divorces, they get married, um, they lose their job here locally. Idaho is traditionally uh, very difficult to find a good, high-paying, full-time job, you know, comparatively speaking. Um coming from Texas, there's there are mi- millions of jobs for full-time employment. Here is a little bit more difficult, especially in the Boise area where the vast majority of our force structure is located. Um, and, and then, you know, you have uh, job transfers. That's another big
0: category that we see. that You you can't help that in some cases. You know, I'm experiencing it firsthand as a commander. I've had multiple ISTs. Now, I had a soldier show up to not show up to drill once and uh, simply because the section leader failed to notify his commander but (laughs) i mean that That never happens that never happens maybe that's another conversation (laughs) i might even cut that out i don't know we'll see but um yeah i had a soldier move to california and just decided to move and put in a transfer to get out and that's the first time i dealt with something like that and i'm like can a soldier just leave and assume that i can get out of my guard with the contract that's tough (laughs) it is it is tough And, and we've
1: seen that a lot here lately you know um it's important for us to understand that as as leaders, uh, when an individual has a life event, I'll call it, um, that we are supportive. You know, they have, they have a part in this too. The soldier does. They need to notify their commander, right? They need to plan ahead. That doesn't always happen. Uh, but we need to be supportive to the maximum extent possible because when those life events happen, those are stressful situations in an individual's life. And if we support them as the Idaho Army National Guard, if – if and when they move back here to their home and they want to get back in the military, they're going to have, they're
0: going to have a good uh, experience with the Guard and they're going to come back in. Sure. And, you know, we're, we're a people's business, especially when we're in a garrison environment. We're right. not fighting and deploying for the enemy. We're pre- preparing for that, but we're in a people's business. We need to take care of people. That's what we do. I want to ask a quick question about retention management. Okay. Soldiers who do reach their ETS, why are they getting out? What are the top reasons why soldiers are getting out of the guard upon arriving to their ETS? Okay, so
1: this is a that's a touchy it, it's it's a touchy subject because people, uh, it's cold hard facts the majority of the individuals who are leaving who are choosing to ETS instead of reenlisting uh, do so because the vast majority of, majority of them feel like they're wasting their time. Uh, their training time at drill is not maximized. Very few of them uh, get to actually do their MOS training um, and leadership. It really is. Yeah, they, the generation today, and we'll, we'll talk about it more, Generation Z uh, and the younger generation, uh, they have a need to know why. So we're asking them to do something. We're giving them orders to do something. But we, as leadership, do not do a good enough job at telling
0: them the why. As soon as you let them know why they're doing that, they jump all over it. And I think some of this is time management as a leader. You only have two to three days to train and work your soldiers to do the job that they signed up for. Right. And we all know all the administrative stuff that we have to do on a drill weekend kind of consumes our man hours, right? How does a commander balance that? I mean, I'm experiencing it now. It's so hard. It's gotten to the point where I have to say, you know what? I think we just might be doing a convoy instead of doing the safety brief this month. Right. And, you know, that's a hit I got to take. That might be a hit I had to take. I don't know. But I got soldiers getting out because they're saying I'm not doing my job it's hard. We need to focus on, and this is
1: my little soundbite, we need to focus on the, if you're an officer or if you're in leadership out here, you need to focus on the guard experience. You need to look at it from the perspective of the, of that M-Day soldier who's driving halfway across the the state in the middle of the night to make it to drill, who makes $350 for the entire drill week and spending half of that on Red Bull and gasoline to get to <laughs> drill, right? And they're going to be sleeping in barracks. They, they forgot they didn't have enough money to get, uh, changed that tire before they left. They forgot to get a haircut. They only showed up with one boot and they, you know, and they get to drill. They're trying the best they can given their particular circumstances. But when they get here, they get crushed. And, and I'm not saying we have to have standards, right? We have to have standards. We have to have expectations.
0: But all I'm asking is look at it from the perspective of that young M-Day soldier. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And it's tough. Like I said earlier, it's tough. I think what's important though is as a leader, you get paid that extra paycheck. You got to spend the extra time to prep and plan and do that little bit of extra work for your soldier, even if that means you're doing it outside of drill. Absolutely. So, okay. I want to talk about qualifying applicants. Okay. So we're all expected to, you know, preach preach the gospel and bring people into the Idaho Army National Guard. Me, as a soldier, I might go to the local subway. In fact, I've been trying to get a gentleman at the subway down the street here to join the Army National Guard for a year now. Yeah. I think I think he's getting close, but good. What do I need to look for? I mean, am I, maybe I might even be wasting my time with this soldier if they're not even qualified. So how does that work? Okay, so we have a
1: process. Uh, it's a qualification process that we utilize, and uh, we use acronym Apple MD. Okay, and I'm going to add a T on the end of this as well. So I'm just going to roll through it real quick uh the a stands for age what is their age right Are they you know they less are they younger than 35 years so th- um, th- 35 years the 35, of the 35 there there are waivers especially because we're ramping back up right we're we're increasing in strength there're always waivers okay but you're looking at you know less than 35 years of age okay physical condition are they in, do they have decent physical condition all right it's hard to yeah you're not going to have them go out there and run a pt test but do they look like they have their you know, all their faculties. Use common sense on that right. one. Right, <laughs> use common sense on that. Uh, P is the prior service, okay? Do they have any prior service experience? That's, that's fantastic. It's that's a great starting point asking if they're prior service. L stands for law violations. Obviously, uh, a, lot of, a lot of our applicants, I would say 60 to 70 percent of our applicants require some sort of waiver
0: these days, whether that be medical or moral or legal, so when I'm talking to somebody and I'm kind of checking them out to see if they're qualified, is it? I mean, am I expected to be like, "Hey, you been to jail?"
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, as part of that, as, as part of that organic conversation with them, just ask them. You know, ask them some background questions. You know, what's their story? What do they want out of life? You know, what what have they done? You know, where where do they want to go? What are their particular skill sets? Um, let's talk about their education. That's the E, right? Let's look at their uh, education. See what we can what what programs they qualify for uh m marital status are they married divorce you know do they have you know are they a nuclear family do they have three different kids in three different states you know you have, do, are they going to require a family care plan what are the extenuating circumstances d or dependence how many you know then that that feeds right into kids and and parents if they're if they're caring for parents that are uh that have that requirement or not and then let's let's talk t uh tattoos that's a big that's a big issue for us right now. Um, anything on the hands, anything derogatory, racist, uh, anything on the neck or the head, anything that would be exposed outside of uh, their uniform will require a,
0: a waiver. And in some cases, they just aren't going to be able to get in. So there you have it. Use you know use those qualifying tools to see if. We bring in the right people because time is huge and we want to be efficient about the people we're bringing in. If you do have somebody you think is qualified, talk to your battalion recruiter or give recruiting and retention a call and get them in contact with somebody.
1: Absolutely. And let me put a plug real quick. Uh, Right here on the iPort, right on the front under the branded logos, there's a folder uh, called branded logos, um, branded logo files right there on the front page of the iPort. We have already put a branded business card front and back. has the Apple MD process located on the back. It's a branded business card. You fill out your information. And we can even print it for you, or you can take it down to the printer and have those done. Everything is branded and everything is, is correct on those cards.
0: There you go. Just another thing happening right now. Right. Happening right now. That's action being taken and things you can take advantage of. Okay, qualifying applicants. That's great. You know, their age, um, physical condition, things like that. But what kind of people are we dealing with? What is the pool of people? right now, you know, what
1: generation are we in? So the, the buzzword that, we, uh, that we're talking about is Gen Z, okay? And, and these are, yeah. there's no real strong definition of, of the particular generation. They're saying somewhere between, you know, the, the birth, uh, birth years of ni- the mid-1990s to the early 2000s, okay? That's who, that's who we're looking for to come in to the Guard now. Um, these are individuals who, believe it or not, want to work. These are individuals who want to belong to an organization that they feel um, a part of. They want to do something bigger than themselves, right? But they want to understand the why. We have to, underst- we have to come around to um, uh, understanding the importance of telling these individuals the why. Once you tell them the why, they have an incredible work ethic, believe it or not. They're highly dependent upon technology. And this is another thing. Every time they drive on Gallon Field, every time they come to work for the drill, they literally take a step back 20 years in the past. The technology that they deal with, you know, loading a Singars radio, you know, loading some of our uh, crypto gear, jumping in a, you know, a Blackhawk helicopter. They, they're dealing with the state-of-the-art technology. It's, it's point-and-click. They can get anything they want right there from their iPhone, right? Immediate response, immediate feedback. They come here to drill, and it's like taking a step back in time.
0: So I think it's important for leaders to understand the kind of people that we're bringing in, the kind of people are in now. Um, General Goodale said it in his strategic plan. We need to be flexible and adaptive, and this is an example. Hey, if you're old and crusty, you right. might need to be flexible and adaptive and understand the pool of applicants that we have and who our new enlisted and junior officers are. Um, These are the future leaders of the Idaho
1: Army National Guard, and we need to take note of of what their generation wants.
0: Perfect. Okay, branding and marketing. Man, oh my gosh, I'm passionate about that. There is so much going on right now. You you drive past Gallon Field and you see you see the big banner on the on the south side and um, the websites and and all this new branding and all this stuff happening. The social media accounts. It's like whoa, there's big things happening. So tell me, what is our branding strategy right now? What is our mission? Okay, so we. The brand
1: strategy, the brand strategy originated from the strategic plan, okay? And we, d- we developed this uh, new logo and slogan, uh, slogan being defend what matters most. Uh, there was an art and science that went behind uh, to creating that logo and the slogan, but we wanted to find something that really resonated uh, with our target audience, and I, I really think that it has—it's taken off like wildfire. I mean, much faster and much better than we could have ever imagined. You, you've seen the, the large neon sign that's on the south side of Building Eight Thirteen. We've got tremendous feedback for that as well. Um, but we need to make sure—you know—we have to understand. I could talk about the art and science. I don't think we have time today, but maybe we can come back and, and talk about that. That's an exceptional um, uh, conversation to have. Um, but but that's that's basically what we are. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm answering your
0: question. Tell me this. Tell me this. So the the slogan is "Defend what matters most." Okay, what matters most? Like who, okay, who, so who are we reaching out to here?
1: That's the science, right? So the the art was putting "defend" below the state of Idaho. We all we're all passionate. We're all gun loving. You know, NRA members in Idaho. We love our state, and we want to defend that. The defend below it associates defending Idaho. The, what matters most comes into um, uh, the Generation Z, the tie back into Gen Z. They don't like being backed into corners. They don't like, um, you know, their seniors telling them what matters most to them. So we left it open-ended, and that changes over time. Life events occur, and, you know, when you're single, it's all about you. When you get married, it's all about your wife. When you have kids, it all becomes all about your family, That and that changes with them, and that that motto and that slogan grows with them over time. So they get to determine what matters most to them.
0: You know, it's funny. I am a millennial. So it's nice that the focus is on the Generation Z. I'm tired of hearing people complaining about the millennials. So I'm glad, right. I'm, I'm, glad I'm the agree. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but um, when, I, when I read Defend What Matters Most, I think of my family. Right. I think of my neighbors down the street, specifically because we are a citizen soldier. Right. And so that's how I defined it. Defend what matters most. Well, I'm doing this job so I can take care of my family, put food on their table, Yep. And, and looking out for the citizens of Idaho. And if we do deploy, well, that, that group of people that I'm defending, that my organization is defending, is just growing. So that's how I look at it. That's great, and that's exactly the way it was designed. So tell me this, products, okay? When you look at branding strategy, you have products and different engagement processes. What is our product? Our
1: product, we sell one service in the Idaho Army National Guard. That is the Idaho Army National Guard experience. And that should not change from Post Falls to Pocatello, okay? And, and that's why we want to rally behind one, one logo and one slogan. We sell one product, okay? And that is important. Consistent branding leads to consistent messaging out in the community. Consistent branding leads to increased brand awareness, which leads to increased market share, which translates into
0: increased enlistments in the guard. Sure. Engagements. What are we doing right now to market our product? What kind of engagements are happening? Um, I know that we're dealing with social media right now. Right. Uh, we got the banners. It, it, just spend a short time explaining that.
1: Well, all of our social media platforms, we're on uh, Facebook, we're on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're dabbling a little bit in the Snapchat. And uh, then we have our YouTube channel, which is the Idaho Army National Guard. Uh, channel. Staff Sergeant Tim O'Donnell is our social media specialist over recruiting retention. He does an outstanding job. We have Captain Taylor that's coming on as the public affairs officer up at the state level. Um, so we have a lot of a lot of moving parts, a lot of programs in the works uh, behind the scenes. Um, our community engagement program uh, is growing leaps and bounds. We're conducting a lot more training events out in the communities throughout the state and and, and it's important to understand that we are self, a self-generating force and we rely on not only the, the big population centers throughout the state but the rural population centers as well. Um,
0: and we need the support of our community and that's the way we're doing it. Sure. Now, you know, I think of how can units help? After sitting down and talking with you, to me, it's obvious. You know, we know that there's a brand. Use it. Use the brand. Get on iPort and take advantage of the content that's made. Change your drill letter. Add that in there so family members can see our slogan and, and they understand what we're about. Do the recruiting events. HHC, 1st of the twenty third just did a BSU ROTC recruiting event yesterday, and we took 50 to 60 cadets that had that to make a choice if they're going to go active duty or guard. Right. And I gave them all my business card with our slogan on it, the exact business card that Major Draw was talking about. And, so, and when you do a social media post, for instance, when you do a
1: Snapchat, Instagram, or something, put hashtag defend what matters most. I mean, that, that's what ties it in and
0: ties it back to that Army National Guard organization. So there you have it, everybody. Um, a lot going on, and, you know, we only have 20 25 minutes to talk about all of this, and we could spend hours talking about it, and we'll probably have recruiting retention come back again. But I think that's all we have time for today. Um, do you have any final comments? No. TJ, thanks for having me over. It's great uh,
1: great to s- spend some time with you and great to talk about the Idaho Army National Guard and recruiting retention efforts. Uh, remember, everybody's a recruiter. Let's tell our guard story, consistent branding,
0: consistent messaging, and I think we're going to see this turn around. Great. Okay, everybody, once again, thank you for listening. I still want your feedback. Come in and see me and let me know what you thought. If you want to be on the show, get a hold of me, and I can schedule you in. I like to do Friday mornings, and I'm excited to see where this podcast goes. So help me out and help out with this recruiting and retention fight. And with that being said, I look forward to talking with you next week.